Don't worry, Scoob. What could possibly happen in a safe modern city like Tokyo? Jinkies, look! Big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is one of my lifelong friends and a great musician, Evan Gray. You can listen to his debut album, It Ends Tomorrow, anywhere that you get your music from and here he is welcome to the show evan thank you so hey, much for coming. what's going on thanks for having me man I'm, I'm really excited i'm really excited to be here i'm i'm really glad to have you too it was only it was it's a matter of time you know really yeah um yeah just just to let the people know the episode that you have selected is what's new scooby-doo season two episode one big appetite in little tokyo yes sir um, so one thing I like to do to get people uh, sort of situated is to sort of ask my guests what your history with cartoons is. What were some that you really liked as a kid, if any, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I grew up on cartoons. I think like most okay. everyone did that on our age, you know, in our age, since, since the 70s, people grew up on cartoons. Hopefully uh, they know it's good for yeah. them. If they if they if they didn't have parents that didn't allow them to, because we know a few people who were like, I couldn't watch that as a child. I'm like, all right, well, that's that's what that is. But I I love the Warner block of shows from the yeah. '90s and 2000s. I think you know, and 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 again, there's a lot of the Nickelodeon shows too, like like Rocco's Modern Life and 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 stuff like that. Hey Arnold, um, obviously more kid-friendly shows from when we were kids, like, uh, Hey Arthur. Um, uh, I love cartoons. I started to watch Scooby-Doo just off of VHSs of the original, uh, original block of episodes. And then obviously the series that aired when we were kids, like in the two thousands was what's new Scooby-Doo. So that was readily available on reruns, stuff like that. Yeah. I also watched a lot of uh, a pup named Scooby Doo, um, and then I I thought this was a fever dream, but there's a there's a show, it's a Scooby Doo show, but it's it's like just Shaggy and Scooby. Yes, yeah. And I I don't I don't remember what it's called. It's called Shaggy and Scooby Doo Get a Clue. Yeah, um, and it's just them, and I was like, no, yeah. that couldn't be. I I wanted to maybe like see if I could find an episode from there, but I didn't think it was even real. But I looked it's on the terrible. Way- I looked on the wiki and it was it was there. So, yeah, I grew up on a lot of uh, uh, foreign cartoons too. I think that's really popular now for kids to grow up on. 
you know, cartoons from Mexico and cartoons from Japan and China and Korea. And that's with streaming and everything. It's a lot more accessible than just turning on channel five and it being cartoon network. Yeah. But I I think, I think the cartoon network block, the boomerang block from the nineties and two thousands, that is what I grew up on. Absolutely. Um, um, you know, it's funny you mention Shaggy and Scooby Doo get a clue because it's very contentious on this podcast. Because I Is recorded it? an entire episode with somebody about that show. Um, uh, we just talked about one episode, but my guest had, in preparation, I did not ask him to do this. In preparation, he watched the entire show, all two seasons of it, in like a oh, wow. week. Um, oh, and wow. it's a very, very bad show, right? So it uh it was it was very grueling for him. And then to make matters worse, um I switched hard drives at some point and I lost that episode. <laughs> oh my god, dude, he did all that work for nothing, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was very upset with me. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I obviously it was apologetic, I understand, yeah. but um you also didn't have to do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Like um, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna watch all of what's new Scooby Doo in preparation for this. Yeah, for exactly. This Did you watch the episode uh, "Big Appetite in Little Tokyo"? Of course, I watched it the day that we talked about it. I watched yeah. it then, um, and I, I have some notes. Um, so, what made you want to cover this episode of all of the episodes that you could choose? Well, I know I wanted to do What's New Scooby-Doo because I was super familiar with it. And I feel like um, there is a lot of love for Mystery Incorporated. So it'd be super yeah. easy to pick an episode from there. And, you know, people people love it. I didn't want to do, I guess, the uh, the obvious pick, the, the safe bet. Um, and then I was thinking maybe I could do the original Scooby-Doo or the Scooby-Doo show. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Um, the old which, stuff. Yeah, which is just basically the second season of the it felt like it felt like it's just a continuation. Yeah, it's um, it's more of the same for yeah. sure. Um, and obviously, that's what started everything. And those episodes uh, have a lot of. Uh, they're very funny to me. I really, really think that they, the animators and the people who wrote those episodes, are very clever. That it can still be entertaining to me. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to i I wanted to pick what's new Scooby Doo because I don't see a lot of people talking about it. But it again, it is from my childhood. And when I was thinking of the episodes from that, that I remember watching a lot as a kid, there's the, the toy episode uh-huh. where they're stuck in the toy shop or whatever. There's the, that episode is actually one of the uh, only other, what, uh, what's new Scooby-Doo episodes that have been covered on this show. So. Wow. I, Cause I almost picked that one and yeah. I, I just couldn't remember the name of it. Um, there's the uh, one where they're racing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That one was that one's good. There's the snowboarding one, but ultimately, I, I think that this episode, uh, it it's just it's crazy. I rewatched yeah. it, and yeah. it's it's an insane episode. And I didn't, I don't remember this being all of what what's new Scooby Doo, like at least this format was. But if it is, I have to rewatch all of it because I've. I have a, I have catching up to do from my childhood. This, yeah, I mean, I was very excited when you suggested this one because it is, I mean, without a doubt, one of the craziest episodes um, 
of the show. <laughs> like, just the amount of things that they attempt to do. Everything's in, so fast. Yeah, in this one 20 minute episode is insane. Like, this should have been, this could have been one of the movies, you know, they could have yeah. dragged this out for a full 70 minutes or whatever and called it a, a feature length film. Um, because it, it it really does uh struggle with the pacing i would say um but like it but i think like you because of how strange it is a lot of it was burned into my memory from when i was a kid like yeah like uh, sh- uh fred saying that shaggy ate the cursed pizza is like like burned into my brain yeah. exact line reading and stuff it's just is it's a really bizarre episode um but I guess if we're going to get into the plot, we might as well start at the beginning. Um, mm. Like I said, this is the season premiere of the second season of What's New Scooby-Doo. So it came out September 13th, 2003. And, uh, you know, at this point, they're, they're really riding high because, like, they've, they've had the live-action movie come out. They've yeah. had a full season of What's New, and it was a hit, and, like, all of that. So this is really... This is this is they're 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 not a up against a wall or anything. You no, know, like they and, know and that it, they got, it was they this got era sense. where they had home movie after home movie after yeah. home, like just and they all sold and they all so they were they were feeling pretty good. They yeah. they were sleeping all right. Entire Scooby Doo blocks on Boomerang, you know, yeah. for like eight hours a day. Like yeah, it was doing pretty good. Um, so this episode starts. In a cold open in a uh, robotics factory in Japan, if you uh, if you haven't figured it out from the title of the episode, this episode does take place in Tokyo, um, and there's this robotics with Akira Onodera, who is um, planning to build a factory over a fishing village in uh, rural Japan, and he is visited by. Someone who he refers to as the Ancient One. Um, so right off the bat, we have to talk about the Ancient One, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah. Because at first glance, you would think that this is going to be the monster of the episode, the villain. Yeah, that, he, that he's going to be haunting or messing with stuff in the factory, and they're going to. He's like a ghost yeah. wizard, dude. You know, like yeah. he is a classic Scooby Doo villain archetype. Mm. Um, and he can fly and do magic, right? Like, yeah. I'm not imagining this. That is a part of his character. Um, yeah. Like, he's got smoke around him. And, um, and he, it, and Akira Onodera appears to already know who he is. Yeah, he goes like, oh, oh, get out of here, Ancient One, or something like that. He's like, yeah. ah, you won't stop me from building my factory, or something like that. So he, he's, he's very familiar with the idea of a floating old Chinese man or sorry, Japanese man. Yeah. He doesn't seem very worried about it. Um, But uh, the, the, the ancient one gives him a warning that if he persists with this, then he is going to, then he is going to um, curse him to have his factory destroyed by a giant monster. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Which is a, you know, it it is cool because like in his uh his he makes like smoke designs and stuff and like you see like a giant squid and then it ends on what is basically Godzilla and it's fun. 
Um, but it just is a, a an odd opening to, I guess, what becomes an even odder episode. <laughs> yeah. So we then cut to the gang, and Velma ha- is at this young inventors competition of some sort. You know, yeah. Some nerd science fair bullshit. Um, and she reveals her latest invention, which is a fully functional robot canine named yeah. Dogbot. Which, which is kind of really, It doesn't really make sense, I feel like, for Velma to make, considering like scooby-doo's existence <laughs> yeah it is like, it feels pointedly cruel to scooby-doo it's just like hey uh this this dog is a million times better than you and she, yeah she even says like unlike some dogs this dog never gets hungry and doesn't feel fear <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like all right well cool and then there's the it fred talks to the the kid was the kid in i forget the kid's name sam the kid's name is ellie he's like ellie. He's a semi-recurring character. He's like okay. Velma's I feel like rival. he. I feel yeah. like I had seen him in other episodes, but that little like white supremacist looking dude is <laughs> freaking annoying, man. Like Velma, yeah. like they announced yeah. Velma wins. They're like, all right, well the winner is Velma, and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And everyone's <laughs> like, yo, you gotta, you do, you gotta chill. Yeah, uh, he is clearly a um a a you know a a child prodigy with very rich parents or whatever yes. who always gets what he wants and is is a couple of years off from being you know full-blown incel and stuff if he yes. uses yes. to film a couple more times <laughs> yeah he is, he's not uh cool but lucky for velma because of all of her hard work making dogbot the gang has won a trip she wins a trip for her and four of her friends to japan conveniently, conveniently. It's a very expensive trip to be yes. awarded there. Um, but, you know, I guess good for them. Um, in Japan, they're all doing fine, except Shaggy, who is abnormally jet-lagged. Like, yeah. falling asleep while standing up, jet-lagged. And I, I, do, I, I do have a note here, and I wanted to ask you something about this, because, yes. as we've alluded to earlier, things happen so fast in this episode. That she wins, like what we just talked about about Elliot being upset, her presenting Dogbot, them being in Japan. That happens, and I swear to you, like thirty seconds. Yes, there yeah. is. It is. It is, and that you guys are going to like they announce like you want a trip to to Tokyo, and then van. There's a cut, and they're in Japan. Yeah, it, there's no. There's no like. Well, I guess we should pack. Like, there's no. There's no. And I didn't know if that was common in these episodes. But it was just um, like wham, they're in Japan and they're usually they don't even bother explaining how they got there. They usually yeah, just like, like they just usually driving start, the mission machine like, through the one the yeah. the one in where they're they're racing, they start in Mexico. Like they yeah. are they're already there. Yeah. So it was just like thirty seconds, bam, she's won the science fair, there is a robot dog, now they're in Japan. Yeah. The I mean, these episodes are I guess more cartoony than yeah others but even still this one really takes the kick for the amount of just insane shit that's going on at once you know what i yeah. mean like it just is packed to the gills with ideas big ideas whether yes. they're good or not you know is is one thing um 
but yeah, this next part happens even faster because like they make it to the robotics lab where they're touring yeah. with the uh, with Akira Unidera, and uh, then uh, like immediately, like ten seconds in, the Ancient One returns, <laughs> and uh, uh, Unidera's like, "Your curse is stupid because my." Look around, my factory's still here. I don't see a giant monster. Yeah, right. Like and, you obviously didn't do what you said you were gonna do. So And he says, Oh well, here's the thing. I'm going to make you the giant monster. Mm-hmm. Um and as he's cursing Velma, thinking on her feet, has Dogbot make an extra large teriyaki pizza. Yes. Which uh launches out of his body, intercepts the the curse. Of curse, yeah. And like they pause so that the professor can explain, Onadera can explain the situation to the uh, to the professor. Like this is like they're having a like a chill, even tempered conversation about this as yeah. this is all going on. <laughs> and then Shaggy, who is just completely like stoned out of his gourd, is the only way that this can make sense because yeah, he's, he's he's zoinked out of his mind. Yeah, he is totally sleeping while standing up at this point. Um, smells the pizza spinning in midair and mm-hmm. wakes up just in time to eat the cursed pizza. Yeah. Um, and I also have a written down a note like pacing is crazy so far because we're like like four minutes into this episode. Into this episode. <laughs> and there, uh, I don't know if we brought up the uh, the person who who gave. Uh, Velma her award and everything and the person who's traveling with the gang in Japan is a professor and he's I guess like Velma's favorite teacher or something like that is what she is something she says yeah they have a mentor mentor that is another yeah that's a that's another important character I don't know yeah we've covered in Um, but yeah they they have they have time to talk talk to each other he's like because the professor asks Akira he's like what's what's that about? And he's like, well, you wouldn't believe it, but this guy <laughs> is the, he's the ancient one. And you know what I mean? He's, he, you saw him, he cursed that pizza. And now, now Shaggy's got the cursed pizza. Yeah. But, I mean, again, it's crazy because it's like, it's like, who, you know, who, I'm sorry, who is that? Who is this wizard man who just appeared out of nowhere? Like, like it, 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 it just is never, even attempted to explain how the ancient one exists in this world that the entire, like the, the only thing that we know about this, this, this cartoonish world is a cartoon world where dogs can talk and teenagers can make robotic, whatever. But the, the one thing that stays consistent is that there's no such thing as magic ghosts or monsters, right? No, they, they, they're very, you know, everything is, well, they actually had a smoke machine and this was a giant robot or this was, you know what I mean? This was. Exactly. But they just simply are, I guess, not interested in. uh, Forget about that guy. We got to focus on this cursed pizza. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, what are you going to do? Shaggy ate the cursed pizza. Um, and so Onadero lets them, uh, stay at his home. He is like a, like a, basically a Japanese onsen. Yeah. That he, uh, he owns and operates, which brings me to a question of 
the geography in this episode makes I zero also, sense. <laughs> so, just so we're clear that, to the listeners, they've set this in Tokyo. They are in mm-hmm. now Tokyo's um, very big landmass. Landmass, it's 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 big. It's not as big as a lot of people would think. But in terms of people like cramped yep. together in buildings and stuff like that, it is there is a biggest lot. city in the world, and yeah. there are yes, it's it there is. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm going there pretty soon, and like I'm like my my family's like two hours away. Yeah, like so there like there are some breaks in between where you could have like a temple or a shrine or whatever, and it's greenery and stuff. But they the way they have set this up is that. The 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 elder one or whatever he calls him is from the the fishing village. Yeah, and so when they're sleeping in the in his very nice, you know, he, he lets them sleep in the in his house or whatever. Yeah, and uh, when they're sleeping outside is like this old timey fishing village, and they're all dressed up in traditional garb yeah. for like rice field workers and stuff like that. So you're thinking to yourself, wow, I guess they, I guess they're in like the you know they're in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? They're in they're in old Tokyo. Like that's I guess that makes sense now. That's the world we're living in. But later in the episode, they're in modern Tokyo. Just, yeah. Well, like just, well, like five nowhere. five minutes before, they're in this massive uh, robotics factory. Yeah, it's like where's the where's the robot factory if his home is in the fishing village? And and also like like in the ten second stretch to establish that they are now in Japan, they see Mount Fuji and like. Like a temple and like the Tokyo Tower and all these things. Like, wow, like, look at this! What scene. are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, it is. I guess they just they were like, well, we could only do one episode per place. <laughs> so yeah, we got to get every gotta really Japan thing everything out of it. We've already been <laughs> yeah. to Colorado. We got to do whatever we got to do here. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy. Um. But like you like you know they're they're granted access to stay at this guy's house mm-hmm. and uh, as an added precaution, Shaggy has decided that he's going to chain himself with a shackle to the floor. Yeah, um, which is nice of him, I guess. Yeah, it's very Scooby Doo to do, of them to do that, just to be like, I've got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is how we make sure I'm not the monster. If I'm shackled down, I can't go anywhere. I mean, you know that Fred just had that line around in the Mystery Machine. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, he, so he falls asleep, and then he wakes up, and Shaggy is a giant monster. A giant yeah. green reptilian monster. And there's just... and they're, they're, to be very clear for those who haven't seen the episode, it's very clearly supposed to be Shaggy. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just him, but kind of green. Yeah, he's he, yeah, he's got a big Godzilla tail and and <clears throat> feet or whatever, but it's Shaggy. And like he, instead of roaring, he just says zoinks really loud. Um, I didn't know what he was saying. I thought he was saying die. Yeah, because you know. It, it, yeah, it, the, the subtitles said Zoinks. Um, oh, okay, okay. But, uh, but yeah, he's supposed to be saying Zoinks and, and obviously freaking out all these people. Um, yeah. So my, my first question, because we see him, he is wreaking havoc at this place, right? Yeah, Destroying he's, he's, this town. Yeah. What is Shaggy's uh, body count at this point, would you say? <laughs> I don't... 
uh, canonically, they would probably brush over that and say it was zero. But yeah. you see, you see him pick up something and throw it, and he's stepping, and people are running. Yeah, and like, like, so like only like one scene after this, they see his giant footprint. Yeah, like so you can see just how big this this monster Shaggy is supposed to be. He's he's had he he's got to have killed if he was doing this all night or even just for an hour, right? Because he stops yeah. he stops destroying when the sun starts to come up. So that's that's another important part of the curse that only at night, I guess. Yeah, he's going to turn into the monster. It's a it's a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Movie. Yeah, and and I I I'd, I'd say he'd, he's at least killed like two or three families. I would say like people <laughs> yeah. just sitting in their home, you know, fishing or whatever. I don't know. Just he certainly destroyed uh, lives in the sense that he has ruined their livelihood by destroying their entire village and their means of making, you know, a living or whatever. Um, In the morning, we see, uh, you know, Velma and the gang and the rest of the gang show up with Dogbot to uh, present the boys with breakfast. Yeah. Right. Shaggy says he isn't hungry, which, of course, never happened. Which is actually Uh, blasphemy. They actually, that's, that's just wrong, you know. But my question is, how the hell did Velma, Daphne, and Fred not hear or see any of this yeah. that was going on? I think I think they they really like also Scooby like Scooby's like uh, slept yeah. next to Shaggy in the episode and was yeah. shut down, uh, and none of them heard anything of of shaggy getting up and being like a cursed monster and and destroying and people were screaming and they were like yeah it's a monster the zoinks is a massive roar and it shakes the ground and stuff like like the the i don't know where wherever the robot factory is i don't i don't know what how close that is but yeah they don't hear anything from there and this would be different if they didn't already have in the what's new scooby-doo Thing. like if they hear a scream if they're close they usually like put that in, they write that in the episode like someone screams fred like wakes up like what was that like they yeah. that's part of the plot of a, some scooby-doo episodes sure. so it's not like hearing this hearing the screams of people dying losing yeah. everything they have is wasn't like something they could think of yeah it, it as we will un- unravel as this goes on um very, very, very loose logic is, is stringing this all together. Yeah. Um, but uh, after the revelation that Shaggy isn't hungry, we are then pre- uh, presented with the police, the Japanese mm-hmm. police. Lieutenant Keiko, Keiko Tanaka has shown up um, and she's like, yo, you look exactly like the monster that destroyed this village. And I, I naturally... The gang are like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> Velma even says, "You can't be, you can't seriously believe it, Shaggy. That defies all logic." Yeah, um, and and I I have to agree with her. Yeah, I mean, Shaggy even shows her that he's been chained to the floor all day. But wait, the the chain has been chewed through by razor sharp teeth, which which really incriminates Shaggy. Yeah, that was his, that was his alibi. Not only was I here, I was chained here. I couldn't have left. And then, yeah. seems like he could easily have left if he wanted to. Could you imagine if 
the police came to interrogate somebody after like say like uh some unspeakable a tragedy, right? Yeah. Like a like a mass shooting or something. And he's like and the guy that they've come to interrogate is like, oh no, it couldn't have been me been me. I've been chained to my bed this whole time. <laughs> like that surely that would incriminate you more. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I came up with this insane alibi for something that nobody knew was going to happen. Like, like like why yeah, like I'm supposed to be surprised by this this event and yet don't worry, I have a contingency plan. Yeah. Um. So after we we see this and uh, and like we we see this, then Tanaka's like, "Well, I've got enough evidence now. I got to at least take you in for questioning." And the Scooby Gang resist arrest. So here, so here's here's what's important. Okay, so she, he shows that he's like like the shackles, and, and then obviously Velma is like, "It looks like they've been cut through razor sharp sharp teeth." But that, I guess, wasn't enough to to bring him in. So they go outside into the village to look around, and then they see the big footprint. And then they're standing there, right? Yeah. And they're at this booth. And then one of the... This is, by the way, supposed to be a small fishing village. Yeah. They're standing there. It's the gang. And they, they sort of stick out a little bit, not you know, because they're, they're five white people and a, and a dog and a yeah. robot dog now. Yeah, and they're in Japan, so they're 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 a little uh, sore sore thumb, and then someone goes, "Hey, that's the you turned into the monster," and they point at Shaggy, and then all of a the sudden, there's, I don't know, one thousand people. Well, <laughs> so the specific thing because I did notice this um, is that Shaggy says zoinks, and that's what draws the oh, over to because okay. the monster also said zoinks. Okay. So um, yeah, yeah, like, but they, there's all of a sudden a thousand people surrounding yeah. them, going like, "Get, you're the monster!" And then the police lady shows up, and she's like, "I'm, you got to come with us." Yeah. And instead of saying, "You can't possibly believe that this man turned into a fifty foot monster and destroyed the village," yeah, you know, like that, you understand that that's insane, and you are a police officer trying to to arrest someone based on that. They just go, hey, Dogbot, let's run. Yeah. Even, even like, they could cooperate for, like, an hour or yeah. whatever. Be like, oh, I'll come with you. Let's discuss how this is insane and could never possibly happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, and then be like, all right, well, they're not going to listen. Then we'll run. They just, they're just like, let's hop on the train. And then they're on the bullet train. Yeah, now they've got an international incident on their hands because they're just some American tourists came a, a, all of a sudden, a giant monster that looks like one of them destroyed a historical village, and then they resisted arrest and went on the lamp. Like, like they, this is not working out in their favor at all. Uh, um, but yeah, like you say, they get on the bullet train through this which, through this through the small fishing village. They get on the bullet train. Yeah, and as Daphne says, it's going two hundred and ten miles an hour, and they're just chilling on the top of it. Um, they would be very dead, I would assume. But um, they do manage to get inside the uh, the bullet train, and they're already on the news. And the well, news. I have a note about the news. Yes, I wanted to know what she thought of this. They, so it, on the news, they get in the cart, and they're like, we're on the run. And they're like, well, you know, 
we're on the run, but you know, it'll be a while before. And then all of a sudden they're on the news and it's like, Oh darn it. You know, but yeah. on the news, they have all of them drawn. And yeah. I don't, I'm not trying yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know how else to say it, but they have them drawn like late eighties anime and they have yeah. like big sparkling eyes. Yeah. They have like spiky hair. And I was like, Oh, I just noticed that. I was like, Hey, yeah. that's a little, that's a little odd. Why would you do that? Things get a little more odd as it goes on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they have, I guess the joke is that in Japan, uh, that's how they perceive police sketches are like, uh, you know, chibi anime characters. Or yeah. Whatever. Uh, um, Tanaka helicopters onto the the train. Yeah, she's al- she's already found it. Bam. Yeah, like, like they a, ran, like a rock they star. saw themselves on the news, and she's already in the the train. And then, as if they did not have enough problems on their hands, mm. Daphne, who's already established that this train is going two hundred and ten miles per hour, mm-hmm. pulls the emergency brake. And derails the bullet train with everybody yeah. on it. And they and it's not like they don't show that. They show the train completely derailed and destroyed and like there's off the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. How many what's Daphne's death count now? You know? <laughs> like is Daphne an international murderer? They are terrorizing Japan. It is insane. <laughs> back to what's new scooby-doo that is the halfway point of the plot okay which means evan it is now time for a game so this is called scooby or not scooby okay and the way it works is that i pull eight titles and some of them will be titles of a scooby-doo episode Mm -hmm. and some of them will be titles of something else okay and i wanted to theme it to this week's episode so i discovered that there in the 70s actually was a Hanna barbera produced godzilla the animated series oh i didn't know that i didn't either um it was about a group of uh like young people on a like a a submarine going around doing like science missions or like you know whatever uh investigating sharks or whatever shipwrecks that kind of thing and then each week somehow godzilla would lend them a hand (laughs) uh so i've got eight titles some of them will be scooby-doo episodes and some of them will be from godzilla the animated series okay okay, great (laughs) so uh here we go Mm -hmm. the dinosaur deception i feel like that's a scooby-doo that is a Scooby-Doo. It's yeah. an old one. I have plot synopses of both the Scooby-Doo's and the Godzilla's. So. Okay. The gang go to visit Dr. LaRue, a paleontologist in San Pablo, Mexico, who excavated a dinosaur that has come to life. The dinosaur yeah, is I, now I, scaring everyone off, but why? And does it have anything to do with the lost silver mind of Montezuma? I, I, I've seen that episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, okay. All right, one for one. Let's go. Ghost Ship. Ghost ship. Uh, you know, the crazy part about any title is it could be a Scooby Doo episode. And I, Ghost Ship, 
that 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 has to be like an early Scooby Doo episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a Scooby Doo episode. Oh, I'm terribly sorry because this is a Godzilla episode. Oh my god, they have a Godzilla episode called Ghost Ship. The crew of the Calico stumbles across a German U-boat from World War One trapped in an iceberg. Godzilla frees the U-boat, and the team is shocked when they discover the crew inside very much alive. But the crew believes the war is still on. <laughs> so, they found some frozen German sailors. They just found... Ready they, they found, like, to... nine Cap- the Captain Americas or whatever they found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Battle of the Humungonauts. Hmm. I'm trying to I'm going I'm going into my my bag of uh of Japanese right. monsters uh the the kai uh-huh. the kaijus as they are called to see if there is a humungonaut or whatever you should say. Uh I'm going to say that's a Scooby Doo. That episode. is. This is All right. a, an episode of Mystery Incorporated. Mm. Two giant monsters named Humungonauts attack Crystal Cove, causing the gang to spring into action. Outfitted with team uniforms made by Fred, much to the disgust of the others. Uh, Saga of the Swamp Beast. Saga of the Swamp Beast? Not just, Saga it's not, of it's the swamp not beast. just like, we found the Swamp Beast. I'm going to say that's a Godzilla. That is not. That is an episode uh, of Be Cool Scooby-Doo. The gang Be visits... Cool? Yeah. That's the one with the ugly designs. Oh. Yeah. The gang visits a bayou near New Orleans where a swamp monster is frightening away anyone who comes into his swamp. Can they solve the case or will Chomps the alligator catch the culprit first? Sounds great. That sounds <laughs> The Sub Zero Terror. That's I I I. That sounds like a, a what's new Scooby Doo episode, isn't it? I'm afraid not. This is a Godzilla episode. Oh man! During an expedition to the Himalayas, the Calico's crew discovers a lost tribe of Bigfoots living in a dormant volcano. There is a what's new Scooby Doo episode where they find a. a snow yeah, mark. they go to Antarctica and they they yeah. find a, a fish creature. Yeah. Dang. Okay. All right. Okay, we got three left. Are you ready? All right, all right. The Horror of Forgotten Island. This is a tough one. Horror of Forgotten Island. Hmm. I'm going to say... Man, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that's a, that's a Godzilla episode. That is a All right. magnetic storm since the calico crashing into the reef of an uncharted island. You know, you know what tipped it off for me slightly? I feel like they wouldn't, I don't, they probably would. This is probably dumb, but I feel like horror is like pretty strong to put in a Scooby-Doo title. That's fair. Well, like how about, like, yeah. How about the beast of storm Island? Oh, come on. The, if the, okay. If they, if the, if the Godzilla show did Forgotten Island and Storm Island, like, in the same thing, that's a little lazy. 
So I'm going to say that that's Scooby-Doo. That is a Godzilla episode. Oh, my God. Wait until you hear the plot of this one. The team is stranded on an island inhabited by a creature named Axor. Captain Majors, Quinn, and Brock become slaves and are put to work. It's up to Pete, Godzilla, and Godzuki to rescue them. I did uh... some did some researching. Uh, apparently, Godzuki is Godzilla's son who only exists in this TV show that ran for one season. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't recognize God, Godzuki and all the Godzilla and 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 Kong material I've been yeah. consuming. Uh, that's a terrible plot synopsis. <laughs> a terrible episode. Why would they do that? That's ter- that's terrible. They become <laughs> slaves. That's what it says. That's what it says. Oh my god. Do we we, yeah. we have that was the last one or we have one more? There's one more. Okay, okay. The secret of Shark Island. Oh man. Um would they be lazy enough to do it three times? I feel like if I if I I mean Island, that's that's not like that's that there's plenty of Scooby Doo Island movies. Or um, there's even, or yeah, there's episodes, but there's then there's the movie, the whatever island where they're from the nineties. Zombie Island. I yeah, yeah Zombie Island. Uh, Would they do I'm it three say, times? I'm gonna say they'd do it three times. Oh, I'm afraid this is a Scooby Doo episode. Oh Anthony. man, it'd be great if they did it three times. Well, the the plot of this one, Anthony, mm-hmm. of this episode of Scooby Doo. While on their honeymoon, Sonny and Cher meet up with the gang at a rundown beach resort that is not what they expected. Along with the bad accommodation, there is a giant monster shark lurking around the resort grounds. That's fantastic. That is that. So that's one of the old ones where they would team up with people. Yeah, yeah. They hang out with, with Sonny and Cher and the giant shark. <laughs> that's fantastic. I, I really want to see that. Is that on HBO Max? I must see that one. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Um, I hope so. And now back to what's new, Scooby-Doo? Yeah, these episodes might have some crazy plots, but we're going to go back to a very tightly plotted, very well thought out episode of television. Big Appetite in Little Tokyo. Which, by the way, in my head, I always think that this episode's called Attack of the 50-Foot Shaggy. Um... Maybe maybe that maybe you know because sometimes they do change maybe, the name, but it also could just them. be a, a Mandela effect thing. Yeah, like, you know, I don't know. Um, it is a it's a it's a weird title, <laughs> especially because Little Tokyo like makes you think it's at like in the United States. You know what yeah, I mean? it's in like um, like New York's. Like Little Tokyo, yeah, or whatever. exactly. Because they do have one in in What's New Scooby Doo where they, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I do they go to China or are they just in Little Chinatown? Uh, I think they go to Hong Kong in that one. Oh, they go to Hong Kong. Okay. But uh, yeah, but for sure they have had episodes in Chinatown before. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, not the case this time. Um, so they are now officially in, like like urban urban jungle yeah. uh tokyo they they, now, hop, they they have a they have robot dog robo dog 
help them hop off the pl- off of, off of the uh, destroyed train thanks to Daphne's quick wit. Um, and they're just walking around. They're walking around in the middle of of Tokyo. Yeah, Fred's like. This is a this is a, a the most populous city in the world. We'll be able to uh we'll be able to blend in no problem. Yeah. Velma's like I, I think you're an idiot. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. What's funny is that immediately they stumble across Elliot. Yeah. Uh, my favorite. Yeah, who has said that he has forced his parents to take him to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. As a as a consolation prize, he's he, he made his parents yeah. spend thousands of dollars. To- yeah. Take him to Tokyo. As if he wasn't likable enough already. <laughs> and then they're like, well, and by the way, this, you know, this news spread pretty fast that they're wanted criminals because. Well, I mean, Elliot, to be fair, they've destroyed yeah. a village and a, and a train at this point. So, yeah. So everyone is looking for them. They're talking to Elliot and then Elliot just goes, hey, police. Yeah. They're over little, here. He's a little narc, this, this fucking kid. <laughs> um. So now they they're now running away from the police again, um, which is when we get our uh, our chase scene, right? Yeah. Uh, they dress up as monks, mm-hmm. um, which will not be the most offensive thing they dress up as this episode. No, and then Elliot snitches on them again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they uh they they go sh- so Shaggy and Scooby. Of course, you had to do this, right? They, they, they stumble across a sumo wrestling event. Um, and then... They eat a bunch of food and turn into sumo wrestlers. And now they're sumo wrestlers. and so oh, that, That's cool. That's a good one. Are you familiar with a concept of inflation fetishes? Yeah. Yes, I I have unfortunately I've been on the internet unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. so I I I learned about this when I was doing research into the uh, the Totally Spies show, which hmm. is infamous um, for every episode of their like the guy who wrote that show would try to it was about three teenage girls who were spies, and every episode the guy who wrote the show would try to make the episode be about a different fetish that he could like oh, impose into it's, the show. It's like a, it's like Dan Schneider. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, oh. And inflation was one of those. And as I was watching this, I was like, Hmm, Hmm. Huh. Shaggy and Scooby do this a lot. I wonder if that is a thing for somebody out there. Someone on the, on the staff was like, yeah, but what if we made a balloon up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's necessary for the scene. Yeah, but what if they're, what if we did it? What if they get really big, though? What if they, what if they eat a lot? What if we, uh, what if we turn them into uh, cat versions of themselves? <laughs> what if, uh, what if, uh, what if they get uh, like tied up in some ropes? Yeah, what if they, what if the girls wear little Catholic school girl uniforms? Huh, guys? I feel like that is necessary in the episode. Like, whoa, what are you talking about? Come on, guys. They're, they're, it's, it's, it should be in the episode. Come on. Um, well, I mean, speaking of the girls dressing up, they <laughs> actually do in this episode, which yeah, is not yeah, very yeah. common. Usually, yeah. Velma and Daphne don't get in on the whole disguising and distracting the, the monster routine, but they do in this episode. Yeah, they, they, they are very lucky. Um, 
and they get to dress up uh, in kimonos, and they get to put on geisha makeup. <laughs> yeah, get... yeah. <laughs> they do the whole routine with the tea they, and everything. Yeah, they do the tea routine. Yeah, because usually you have like Gooby and Shaggy will dress up like, "Hey, we're It'll the be a barber or a yeah. painter or something." Yeah. And and I I I started to realize like at least in this episode, there's I think there's two chase scenes this episode. At uh, least, yeah. And I didn't realize how much of the episodes they take up. Because <laughs> they do, they fit a lot into these chase scenes. We've already had them um, be sumo wrestlers. Uh, they've done the geisha thing. Up next, they are sushi chefs. Yeah, they make the cops into a giant sushi roll. Yeah. Um, and if, I forget what else. I don't know if they do anything else because then they, they all run into each other. Yeah. Fred apparently was. I don't know what Fred was doing. Yeah, <laughs> he he got distracted somewhere else. He was he was visiting the. Uh, he was going to one of the manga shops, probably. Yeah, he he had some he had some uh, important things to look at. He was asking to you know go to the back of the manga shop, behind the beaded curtain. Hey, what's downstairs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they do reconvene and they're going to stay at a hotel. But conveniently, uh, Fred has come up with uh, aliases for them. Yes. So they're going to be Mr. Smith, Ms. Vaughn Smith, Ms. Smythe, and Mr. Sheckleman. Mm-hmm. Is that my question first? Does that count as a joke? I feel like it's supposed to be. I feel like it's supposed to be a joke, right? Yeah. It is structured like one. I just didn't laugh. <laughs> I didn't laugh, and I was just like, "Oh, all right." Because Fred yeah. will do stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? That's not uncommon of Fred to be like, "I've got it," and then he's just like, "We're all, you know, our our names are Jack, Jack, and Jackie." And you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I guess that's what Fred does. Yeah, at the hotel, um, Shaggy requests to sleep in the bank vault. Or not the bank vault, the uh, hotel vault, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy is like, uh, "Are you insane? Yeah, <laughs> What's like, going on?" Hey, man, I'm not feeding into whatever you're wanting here. Yeah. Do you want? Yeah. This is this is really odd. Um, but then, I thought this was very interesting mm-hmm. because this never happens. They have Daphne flirt with the guy to get what they want. Yeah, which is pretty new. You know, that's that, that they've never done that before. She very rarely uses uh, her feminine wiles to get her way. But um, and and I think it's funny just because she like blinks three times. Like it's not like she like bent over and was like, "Do you need anything?" She just goes, well, "Yeah." She just goes, "Wouldn't that be okay?" You know, yeah. you would do that for us, right? She blinks a bunch. He turns around and he's sweating. Yeah, this uh, this old Japanese man simply couldn't take it. He was like, I must leave. Yeah. Uh, but he obliges, you know? He lets... He lets... Um, lets Shaggy in with a pillow and a blanket. And, he, yeah. and Shaggy's, you know, very happy. It's gonna be good. Um, rest of the gang are gonna be staying in... It's a It's a tube hotel, so they're gonna be staying in the little compartments yeah right um lots of these in japan it's like a thing that tourists do because they don't have enough space yeah there's Um, there's no space there 
Um, and God, the pacing in this episode is insane because, uh, like, as soon as they have had this moment to breathe or whatever, yeah, uh, one of them says, you know, what's the worst that can happen in the middle of the night? And then, you know, there's a giant crash. There's a giant. And the and in like the thirty seconds maximum it takes them to get into the lobby, right? Uh, the vault has been destroyed, and there's a giant hole in the side of the hotel, and Shaggy is missing. Yeah, Shaggy's missing. the sh- The scene shows a destroyed vault, um, and then it shows a dog box there, um, which I I thought was important to note. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta like Shaggy obviously became the monster. Like, we gotta go get him." Yeah. Um. Well, they go out, and for the first time, they do see the actual monster, and yeah, there's no mistaking it. It looks like Shaggy, right? Um, it, he's he's rampaging through downtown Tokyo, uh, but luckily the sun's right just about to come up, so they're fine. Um. Timeline makes no sense, though. Uh, did they arrive at this hotel at five o'clock in the morning? You know, yeah. Like, they aren't woken up by this. They haven't even gotten the chance to go to sleep yet. Because there's very few transition scenes, also. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And the ones that are there are like lightning fast. Yeah. So. They uh they find Shaggy in an alley, in an alley with his tattered clothes, and they're like, well. Buddy, I got bad news for you. It looks like you're well, a monster. I guess I guess we were wrong for running from the police. <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing. Is like Shaggy's like, okay, well, I guess we have to take me, me in, in now, right? Yeah. And they're like, never. We would never do we that. We would never. We would never let you answer for the deaths of thousands. Yeah. We, would we would never protect the the city of Tokyo and all of its citizens from our friend. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Jesus, what's wrong with them? Just go to the police. <laughs> like, um, but uh, they have, they've got one lifeline left, which is that Professor Pomfret's still in Tokyo, and they know that he'll be chill. Mm-hmm. Um, they call him up, and he tells them to meet him at some shrine somewhere, but that sneaky Lieutenant Tanaka has bugged his phone, and she's listening. Yeah. Um, so we have to talk about this next part. Evan. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they've had problems blending in so far. And uh, they, they, they yeah. have now made disguises for themselves. Daphne says she made it with only mascara and a stapler. Yeah, which is very, something we see often, especially yeah. in What's New Scooby-Doo, Scooby, Scooby-Doo. They will have Daphne, she'll be, they'll be like, we, just, we need the car to run. And she's like, I have. Bobby pin or whatever. I have a bobby pin. Bam. Or She's very like, resourceful. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's fine. It's cool. It it can help the episode do something funny or whatever. Yes. So my question is these outfits racist or not? Um I knew I so they they are dressed like Let's, just to be clear, your yeah. like your family is from Japan. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm only a, qu- a quarter Japanese, but my my great grandfather was from Japan. Um, right. And I still, I still have family there, and, and 
Uh, I here's here's where I land on this because they're dressed like Japanese businessmen, and they yes. have they have they have run the black eyeliner through their hair, and they are yeah. they they look just like stereotypical businessmen. And Freddie, on you know on approach, they're also uh, cycling. You know they're riding the yeah. bike, which is um, something you can do in in Tokyo and in big cities, even in even in New York. You know, just bike to get right. somewhere. Um, and they approach a shrine that 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 the professor said was simultaneously secluded but well known and popular. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh well, that's odd." Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a very well known shrine that's secluded. It's it's popular, but don't worry, no one's there. And in the middle of the city. Oh, also, again, we haven't. It's not like we they they're a little bit out. Like they're still not far from where they destroyed most of Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't know if it's racist. Okay. I, I don't think, it's, I didn't think so I, either I, because I, they don't do anything to their, you know, complexion or faces. Right? No. Just and also they're there. not, um, they're not like, no one makes a remark like, Oh, can you believe these people? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they just, they, they just wanted to blend in and, if now, if they have, if they had been like, "Hey, look what we did to our eyes. We taped them," I'd be like, "Well, this is a crazy episode." Is this more, or is this disguise better or worse than the geisha disguise? It's better than the geisha disguise. I'll tell okay, you that. That's what I thought. Yeah, because <laughs> the geisha thing, I was like, "Oh, this is not necessary that, to that, be happening." That's <laughs> a little that because you like to, to be fair to 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 really anyone like. It's not, it, it is very um, cultural yeah. to Japan and to the East to, to dress up like that. It is it's very important. I know that I have distant female relatives that take that very seriously. Yeah. But I also know that there are people who have married into my family um, and they're not Asian at all and they dress up like that. And it, it's important for my family that they do dress up like that. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you like if you're white you can't dress up like that. Like you can. It's just you're thinning you're like you're writing a thin line if you're just like here I am. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's up guys? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I'll say this. Um Scooby Doo has a long history of mishandling Asian representation. Um, yeah, this is this episode is nowhere near as bad as some of the stuff they've done in the past. Um, oh, the seventies ones were yeah. crazy. There's one where Shaggy Shaggy literally does Don Yellow Face in uh, Scooby Doo. Where are you in the yeah. Chinatown episode? That does happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, this is about par for the course for like the Geisha thing is about par for the course for 2003, right? Like I'm pretty yeah. sure they did that on a uh, sweet life of Zach and Cody too. Um, yeah. It, it, like none of this stuff, like I, I, if it was not okay to do, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Yeah. At least at the time. Yeah. Um, they basically ruined this shrine by popping a bunch of popcorn out of dog butt. <laughs> um, and the uh, police show up because obviously they had been yeah. bugged. And they go from popcorn dogbot into rickshaw dogbot until uh, mm -hmm. Shaggy falls asleep once again. And uh, he wakes up. Now he's the monster once again. But he's like consciously aware that he is the monster this time. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not like asleep. Like, oh, what happened, guys? 
he's not stumbling around just saying zoinks. He's like having internal monologues. He's like, oh, no, I'm the monster. It's all true. I really did kill all these people. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm green. This is terrible. And then he turns around and uh, there's a giant Scooby-Doo as well. Yeah. And then they're they're crying. He's like, the curse got you too, Scooby-Doo. Which, did this, did this way, blow your mind where you're like, oh, no, there's a giant Scooby? No, I, I obviously, you know, it's it's not a giant Scooby. But I do want to make a note that it, it, I love this scene. I think it's I think that there's the the only like this, this, this episode uh, still had Casey Kasem, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like he's he always sells uh, Shaggy to me. Oh, yeah. And. uh. It it just it this reminded me like oh well this is this is kind of what Scooby Doo's about it's about dumb jokes and you know solving a pretty easy mystery and have, having having a good time and I I really actually did like that scene where he yeah. it's it was very simple he just like turned around he's like it's now it got you Scooby and I was just like oh I forgot like this show is it's got some good moments to it it's a nice moment um it is unfortunately ruined by even attempting for a second to make sense of what is going on right now. Um, Because there's also, they turn around, there's a giant Fred, Velma, and Daphne too. Yeah. They're on, they're they're at a Godzilla set, right? Um, And uh, like, like, and Velma says, we followed Dogbot, who took you to this old, TV factory. They used to shoot giant monster movies here. Yeah. Um. Did they put him in the makeup? That's did Dogbot that do that? I I I was questioning that because they again they, it's something that they just brush past and they do not explain in this lightning fast episode. Because by the way, we're almost done. <laughs> it's yeah, almost there's like, like two minutes left. <laughs> Um, there's, there's like, there's literally two minutes to wrap everything up, catch the bad guy and then explain why the bad guy did what he did. Um, and I guess dog, but I guess who, I guess whoever the villain is, you know, after Dogbot took him there, may put the, the makeup on Shaggy. I guess so. Um, Velma says she thinks she's figured it out. They just need to go to the robotics factory, which mm. they do. They see Elliot there. Dr. Onadere is there. And the giant robot Shaggy is also there. Um, yeah. So they, uh, they have a very, very brief session running away from the, uh, the, the monster. But as you say, this is almost over. <laughs> so yeah. like Scooby wraps it up very quickly by making Dogbot turn into a giant rickshaw again and tripping the monster. Yeah, and, and then, then... Velma uh, uses the wasabi sauce. Yeah, wasabi but, sauce. Yeah. Did she they treat it like it's, a, like it's a thing of hot sauce. Yeah, it said hot on it. I thought it was it, just regular hot sauce. No, no, no. Velma says, here, Shaggy, give me your extra hot wasabi sauce. It just the bottle in the in the animation. The bottle just says hot sauce. Yeah, it's it's bright red. It's like a like the thing you get the thing you get at a Mexican restaurant. It, yeah. it, they and they squirt it on the on the face of the 
the monster and it dissolves, um, which, you know, sure, that's not how hot sauce works, but that's certainly not how wasabi works. You know, wasabi is not a pepper sauce. Yeah. And, but it just, it melts the face right off because it's Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And, uh, Professor Pomfret is beneath. Yeah. Inside he's, the, been, uh, he's been piloting robot. this giant robot. And then we get what could maybe, in some circumstances, qualify as an explanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says that it makes, okay, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. He came to, he, came to Tokyo with the game. Yes. He used Dogbot to take Shaggy to the studio every night where he would then dress up as a monster. Then he, he had a giant robotic monster somehow as well. Mm-hmm. He would then destroyed towns for some reason. Yes. And he did this to get back at Onidera, maybe? I'm not... Yeah, he says, says, right, because if you remember the ancient one, who, by the way, yeah, that was still this episode. That's not a different episode. Yes, yes. This is the same fucking episode. Yeah, well, he says he got the idea when he saw Shaggy eat the cursed pizza, and I'm like... I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so... What? So, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, he he goes, now's my chance, because the ancient one tells him, take your factory and leave, you know, get out of yeah. here. You're going to ruin the... Ain't, I'm ancient. And so I thought he did it. He was like, well, now I can ruin... Because he says, like, it's not fair that Akira gets to study and I'm just some yeah. dumb yeah. teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I assumed this whole time. I remembered it being the professor, but I assumed that he had also dressed up as the ancient one and was messing with this guy this whole time. Uh, no, 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 probably no, they... had the plan to turn to do this whole exact situation, but like taking the guy to the movie studio every night and then dressing up like him, but just doing it as Onadere, but then Shaggy ate the pizza or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But the implication is that the curse and everything happened completely independently of this idea. Yeah, that... because after they take the professor away, yeah. Nadera goes, and what of the ancient one? And then the police officer, she's like, forget, him. forget about it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a crazy old man. It's like, uh, excuse me. He can fly and appear out of nowhere. What are you talking about? And he can attempt to curse people. Like, what do you like? Also, because he then he goes like, "Well, regardless, I'm gonna move my factory." I've decided uh, the ancient one should be happy because I'm gonna move my factory. Yeah. I'm not gonna build in this in this small fishing village two seconds out, you know, inside of Tokyo somehow. Um, so the. The timeline is this. Very, very oddly, Ancient One appears to Onodera. Yeah. Okay. Tells him, you're 
really, you got to stop doing this. You're building the factories. You Elon Musk looking like you got to stop this. And he goes, no. And then the gang wins the competition. They're in Tokyo. They meet Onodera. While they're meeting Onodera, the Ancient One shows up again, curses a pizza. Shaggy eats the pizza. They go to bed. Then there's a giant Shaggy attacking a small fishing village and Tokyo. And not the the robot factory like was promised in the curse. Uh, then from Tokyo, they do two chase scenes. Then they go back to the robotics factory. Elliot's there. And so was the giant monster. Then they find out it's the professor. The professor it was the bad guy of the episode. They take him in. They're like, what about the ancient one? Well, I guess there was no ancient one, or he's just a crazy old guy. They give Dogbot to Elliot. Yeah. They reward him somehow. Um, and, 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 you know, the episode ends on, like, well, we don't need Dogbot because we have Scooby-Doo, yeah. which is sort of like, well, then why'd you do the episode? But, but... <laughs> Just to clarify, Ancient mm-hmm. One, all of that completely, completely divorced from the actual plot of the episode. That's fine. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. I can, I guess I can get behind that. Yeah. The professor is so jealous that this guy is this job that he would rather have. Yeah. He's like, I want to do all this. That in a split second upon seeing Shaggy eat a supposedly cursed pizza. He He's comes like, up with this entire it. idea. I got it. So we know that he only came up with that idea after seeing Shaggy eat the pizza, right? Yeah. So in the over the course of, we'll be generous and say six hours between the moment he eats the pizza and the moment the giant monster shows up, the professor has devised this plan and created a giant robot Shaggy. Mm-hmm. And then, because he's so mad at Onadera, instead of destroying the robotics factory, he destroys a village and then most of Tokyo while yep. framing these kids that he supposedly likes. And, and Velma says, you know, you're my, you, you, you were my favorite teacher. You know, like a sad that he would yeah. be her like this. Which is what he was doing. You know, he, prog- he stole Dogbot. And made Dogbot do like what he said, in addition to what the kids were saying. So it just yeah, makes this negative episode, sense. <laughs> this episode wraps up not knowing who the bad guy is or how to catch him with two minutes left of the episode. Yeah. So we've done essentially nothing for 18 <laughs> minutes. And then they didn't Finally, find a like, single clue. It's true. Yeah, there was no clue. There was no like because usually in these episodes, and 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 I remember in What's New Scooby Doo, they'd like find someone would be like, "Get away from my bag!" After like Velma would see yeah. like spray paint or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. There would be like, "Huh, I think it's gonna be Christopher," and then it'd be like, "Shocker, it's Greg," and you'd be like, "Dang, I thought it was the other guy." This one. The only leads that you had were Dogbot. Yeah. So it was like, okay, is Dogbot doing it? Did, did Velma program an evil robot dog to help out with this? Because there's <laughs> Velma no trying like, to get rid of Shaggy and Scooby in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah, they don't run into an old man again after the ancient one. There's no like, yeah, you know, it's not the the police officer. She's there's no hints of her like having makeup on or anything like. 
There is no clues this episode besides Dogbot being having razor sharp teeth and being neat, like in the scene haphazardly when when the monster would destroy the hotel. So yeah, they yeah. don't do they really don't do anything for eighteen <laughs> minutes, but but except uh, wreak havoc across Tokyo, wreak havoc, destroy a train, uh, it find you know sort of admit to themselves. Well, I guess it is Shaggy but we're not going to turn him in. And then they're like, it's not shaggy. So we're good. And then they're like, that's it. Goodbye. We're going to leave Tokyo now. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's a dog, Elliot. Yeah. It's, this is a, it, it was a crazy episode. Everything happened so fast. They, they gave, they gave you maybe like a minute per location. Yeah. Like they're like, we're in the robot factory. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're doing this. And then two minutes left in the episode, they're like, like we got to catch this bad guy. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? We'll be milling all that over because we aren't going to rank that on the heavy metal tier list. But first, okay. we're going to play one last game. Perfect. Okay. So this game is called Jinkies or Stinkies. Ooh, okay. And in the way... This game works is that each week I find six stories relating to a topic covered in the episode. Mm. Some of those stories I will have invented, like written oh. myself, made up. Those are stinkies. Mm -hmm. Some of them will be true, and those are jinkies. Okay. And it's up to you to determine which is which. Okay. So at first I was going to do uh stories about um tourists in tokyo being morons yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh i found that very hard to research because every literally any anything i would look up anywhere it would just be did you know that there are problems with the coronavirus at the tokyo olympics yeah like, stop. i feel like before all that you could look up like What's his face is being dumb, like, yeah, exactly. and that would be fine, and you know what I mean, because like, like Logan Paul would show exactly, up, or, exactly. you know what I mean, yeah. But yeah. now that it's it, you know COVID and stuff, you can't, you it'll just be like this guy got sick, you know. Like, exactly. All right, well, um, so what I uh, what I decided to do instead was to look up stories about the behind the scenes of kaiju films. Oh, okay. Mostly just Godzilla, but yeah, you know the deal. Okay, so I got six stories for you. Here we go. <sighs> in 1992, while in the middle of a remake of Godzilla vs. Mothra, the 242-pound rubber Godzilla suit, worth $39,000, was stolen from a special effects warehouse in Toho Studios. The culprit was never caught, but the suit was recovered when it washed up on the shore of Lake Okokutama completely undamaged, although it did give the old woman who found it quite a fright. Man, if you made this up, that's I did pretty, not make that up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, cause you, cause even knowing like Toho Studios and everything, like that's pretty good. So I'm, I'm gonna say that that's that's real. It is real. Yeah. 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 Um. I mean, I did my research. Yeah, that's that's but... a, that's a, that's a jinkies. That that ain't no stinky, dude. That's that's 
That's that's a jinkies right there, dude. Okay. Next up. Godzilla may have faced off against his fair share of monsters and icons, including King Kong, twice. But his most interesting battle never saw the light of day. Godzilla vs. Godzilla was a planned entry that never made it past the production stage. In the late 90s, Heisei Productions were working on a way to reboot Godzilla into a funnier, more self-aware character. Their plan? Make an anime film in which Godzilla feels bad about destroying Tokyo and retreats into his own subconscious to defeat his own personal demons. After Godzilla 1998 was released to disastrous reviews, the plane was scrapped as the kaiju was already a laughingstock. Hmm. Now, there's only one... I'm not... uh, I'm leaning towards Stinky, and I'll tell you why. Um, Godzilla, I believe, he's fought Kong more than twice. I'm pretty sure it's only twice. I want it because I will say, okay, I will say this that is not related to whether the story is true or not because that's what I found it. That's what I found in my research. Okay, because I'm trying to like find like what are the holes in this? They're going to make an anime movie. Where he fights his subconscious? Yes. And they were going to make this in the late 80s? 90s. Late in the, 90s. In the, in it was going to be a comedy. 90s. And it was going to be a comedy. And it was going to be animated. And Godzilla felt really bad. Uh, I, I'm going to say that that's a stinky. It is a stinky. I did make it. Okay. Up. All right. I would love to see that movie, though. I If that was... I Because... That's a good one. That's a good one because they there are so many bad an, you know movies where the Japan's like, what if we just made this an anime? Yeah, yeah. To tie in with the release of the 1998 American Godzilla film, McDonald's came out with a whole line of Godzilla-themed Happy Meal toys. There were car-crushing toys, toy tanks, and even a little toy Matthew Broderick. But the most controversial toy was a miniature Godzilla that could eject a small plastic ball of fire from his mouth when he pushed a button on his neck. This toy was the center of a lawsuit when two twin seven-year-old boys were playing a game where they'd shoot the fireball into each other's mouths. One kid got it lodged into his throat and nearly suffocated. The case lasted 14 months and settled out of court. Huh. This is a good one. Um, like I, I'm, I could obviously I could be wrong here. It's like I got fifty fifty chance on all these. I believe this one. Um, if you made it up, great job. I'm gonna say that that's a jinky. I made it up. It's a big wow. Game. That's a good one. You, that's good because it's very believable. You know, you, you put all of the right, you know, lot. You know, like the 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 small toy, the firing off the back of the neck, the McDonald's that. All of that, but ah, uh, man, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to be to have fallen for that one. Well, that's three out of six, so you're, you're doing pretty well. You All got right. three more. Godzilla's ape counterpart, King Kong, has a storied history fraught with copyright issues, famously plaguing the 1970s remake, and is the reason why the modern movies never outright call the gorilla King Kong. One of the weirder copyright disputes includes that of the Nintendo game Donkey Kong, which features a menacing ape 
who has captured a damsel in distress atop a skyscraper. Universal Pictures took Nintendo to court over copyright infringement, but lawyer John Kirby successfully pointed out that Universal had basically never filed the proper paperwork to register the trademark, and that the term King Kong had basically become public domain at that point. Nintendo won the case and were so thankful that they named everyone's favorite Smash Brothers character Kirby after John for doing so well during the case. This is this this is a stinky. This is not a stinky. This is You're what? Yes, this really did happen. They had they had misfiled the paperwork. After that, they fixed everything, which uh, just made things more complicated. That's great, because, like, wait a minute. There's so many moving parts to this story, because, you know, you and I are both Nintendo boys. Yeah, yeah. And how Laboratories made Kirby, Yeah, not Nintendo, but Nintendo just published it. Yeah. So you had the Nintendo Corporation, Universal, yeah. a lawyer, an American lawyer named John Kirby, and King, the the identity of King Kong, all in one lawsuit. Yes, that's insane. That's insane. I yeah, didn't know that a, they. I also didn't know that they didn't call him King Kong in the movies out, outright. Now they just call him Kong, right? You never mm, hear them say they go like Kong is King or whatever, but he never says King Kong. Kong sure is royal out there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that story is crazy, um, but true. Okay, two left. Nike's advertising division was on a roll in 1992, the same year as the original Bugs Bunny vs. Jordan commercial that would eventually inspire the production of Space Jam, Nike decided to pair up two other titans. The Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley commercial debuted during the NBA All-Stars game at the basketball star playing a one-on-one -on -one game with the goggles-wearing kaiju in a Tokyo war zone, resulting in the final button of the commercial when Barkley encourages Godzilla to join the Lakers as they are in need of a, quote, big guy. The story would later be adapted into a comic book by Dark Horse Comics. Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley. Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Yeah. Now I'm a bit of a, I'm very into uh, shoes and shoe history. Yes. Um, and the Bugs Bunny and Jordan commercial or that that idea led to the Hair Jordans, the Hair Jordan sixes. Yes. And then after Space Jam, it led to the the to the Space Jams. I feel like Nike's opportunistic, and if there was a Godzilla, uh, the opportunity for a Godzilla shoe, especially in the 90s, they would have taken it. But if it was a failed commercial, if the commercial didn't do well, then man, this is tough. Um, I'm going to say just because I've never, you know, the person who directed all of Jordan's commercials actually directed Space Jam, and not a lot of people know that. And he did a lot of the Nike commercials. I didn't hear about this. I'm going to say that this is, is stinky. This is a real thing that happened. Wow. The cartoon's very cute. It's very funny. Because it's like, it's like a, 
the suit, you know, like it's like an old school, silly looking Godzilla playing yeah. basketball. Wow. Because yeah. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, unless yeah, you would think fa- that they would make a shoot. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Because like, uh, like a lot of people don't know that, that, that the hair Jordans actually led to space, like helped lead to Space Jam because they sold yeah. so well and they had the, the, the like faux hair on them. And then they recently had the, the rollout of Space Jam 2 and they had the the whole lineup of the shoes the 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 Hair Force ones as they called them um I know both just, uh yeah. I know both commercials came out the same year but I don't know which one came out first so maybe it was a thing like they did Godzilla yeah. versus Barkley and then the Bugs Bunny versus Jordan one just took over so much more that they were just like well forget about Godzilla we got yeah, for, the Looney Tunes forget about and, this we've got yeah. Warner Brothers on the line Exactly. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for the last one. This is the last one. Kim Jong-il, the former supreme leader of North Korea, was a lover of film. Mm. It is said that he had a library of over 15,000 films, which was one of his few great pleasures in his life. Frustrated by the output of the North Korean film industry, he ordered the abduction of Shin Sang-ok and Choi Eun-lee, a famous South Korean director-actress duo. Over the next eight years, they were forced to produce six films, including their last collaborative work and creative masterpiece, Pulgasari, a film massively influenced by the Godzilla movies. Pulgasari was about a giant monster that fought with a peasant army to overthrow a dictatorial and clueless king. The duo were able to escape their captivity in 1986 when they evaded their bodyguards on a trip to Vienna to secure funding for a biographical film about Genghis Khan. Now, I have heard, if not this story, an extremely similar story yeah. before. So I'm going to say that this is true. It is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I couldn't not include it because it's just one of my favorite stories. No, that's I, I, like you were saying it to me and I was like, all right. And then you said that he was um, like kidnapped and forced to make the movie. And I had heard that before. I had heard that he made them make movies for him and they made like a bunch. And then only after they were able to evade something, they were able to leave. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, that's a crazy, that's a crazy story. The, uh, the, I just find the plot of Pulgasari to be so funny that they made it like he demanded that they make this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So then they, like he wanted to make a Godzilla movie or whatever. So they made a Godzilla movie and, uh, the plot of it is Godzilla helping the, the peasants to overflow this dictator right yeah like it's just like well i guess you got what you wanted Kim Jong Il. uh but yeah i i have not yet seen pulgasari i intend to though it just seems like because you can watch it it's out there somewhere yeah Um, yeah it seems very fun uh but yeah i would highly recommend other people do more research into that because it's a much longer much more interesting story than yeah i could fit into the end of this episode hey, um, those uh those movies were on the lost media wiki for a while because yeah. no one could find them. yeah um all right so that's jinkies or stinkies it's you fun, did pretty well yeah, you only missed a couple yeah um so that just leaves the ranking of this episode on our tiers. So there are five tiers. Okay. Starting from the bottom, you have the rut row tier. That's the absolute bottom of the barrel. Worst of the worst. Couldn't pay me to watch it again. Up from that is the Scooby Dumb tier. 
episodes that are bad, that are overly stupid, that just are just aren't good, but you know, they're not the absolute bottom tier. Up from that is just another mystery. That's for your run of the mill, middle of the road. Don't do anything special, but don't do anything bad either. You have the groovy tier, the groovy tier. That is the uh the one right up from that. That's for episodes we like a lot, that are a lot of fun. They're just not quite enough to make it into the golden scoob tier, which is the highest of the high, the absolute mm. best, best classic episodes. What are we thinking? Because this is a really weird one. I'm split. I'm split on it's so incredibly weird yeah. and out of the ordinary. And there's so many, there's just so much going on and you're questioning everything. If that makes it better or if that makes it bad, I, yeah. I, I kind of want to say it makes it better. I kind of want to say it, I would put it maybe in groovy. I think I'm with you. You know, I, I love the ambition here. Yeah. There's a, they wanted to pack everything into this episode and they did. <laughs> and they didn't bother thinking like, how would this work? They were just like, well, it's there. And there's something to be said about both you and I remembering this episode very well. Yeah. From when we were kids, you know, like there are a lot of these that come and go, but this one is like lodged into yeah, I couldn't. There's there's a lot of the what's new Scooby Doo episodes. That I'll be the first to say that are pretty forget forgettable. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like oh well, they solved the mystery, but you're just so focused on every detail. I feel like you don't have time to you. You're not you're not scrolling on your phone through this episode. You're like oh, you're looking yeah. at it. You're like yeah. what is happening, and so much. You know, it's 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 all over the place. It's off the rails, much like the train that that da- uh daphne pushed off uh i i i'm gonna put it in groovy that's that's where i put it i think it's i think it's it actually it's 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 sort of the not i don't want to say the room but it's 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 very ambitious well, you're right i mean much well it's like it's like a train derailing you just yeah. can't not look at it. um i agree i'm gonna put it in groovy. i we gotta put it in groovy that's the yeah. place to put it 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 is wild, but it is, it is fun. You know, you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. So for sure, we got to do that. Um, all right, that's it, Evan. Thank you so much for joining me. What have you got to plug for the wonderful people? Well, Ethan, uh, thank you for having me, man. I uh, I, I really like the show. Uh, obviously, we're lifelong friends. I love you, buddy. Of course, um, yeah. Uh, Upcoming, uh, I have a bunch of shows coming out throughout San Antonio. So if you can, uh, if you can make it, check my Instagram. The Instagram is the real Evan Gray. Um, uh, I just had my debut album. Uh, it ends tomorrow. It came out in June. Um, and uh, recently, a band I manage uh, called Murdered Out put out their uh, lead single called Nissan Juke. If you could listen to that, we'd really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Um, I've listened to the album. I think it's great. Highly recommend anybody listen to it. Um, again, you're one of my best buddies, so I'm really glad that you came here and, and did this with me. Of course, man. Any Anytime. Thank you, man. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. For sure. Uh, if you want to follow me on anything, you can follow me at The Real Brundine. That's on Twitter. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod. Metal spelled like meddling kids. Uh, 
if you liked this, this time that you've spent with us, I mean, first of all, thank you for to the listener for making it through this entire thing. Um, but if you enjoyed your time spent, uh, then please tell your friends about this show. Uh, it is a weekly podcast. The guest share transitions in and out each week, and we could be talking about any era of Scooby-Doo from week to week. That's the that's the joy of it, is that it goes back and forth from anything to anything. Uh, but yeah, if you liked it, please, you know, word of mouth is the best way to share these things, or you can obviously subscribe to the RSS feed and everything like that. Um, and, you know... As always, thank you so much for listening, and remember to stay groovy. Ooh,